morning, good morning, everyone. Hope you're well. Get this sorted. The thing won't turn off. <laughs> uh, got myself a bit of an issue going on here. Hang on. Come on, you good thing. There we go. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Hope you're well. Hope you're well uh, on this uh, terrific Tuesday. Who's uh, who's a little bit wet? I'm in the GC right now and uh, meant to be uh, always sunny up here, but it's not today. It's not today. Good to see you, folks. Thanks for joining me this morning. Welcome to the Wealth Coffee Chat. Uh, got a few of the early crew up and at it. Sharon, good morning. Good to see you. Where is JFF? Hmm. Anyway, hey from Jeff. Jeff, is that you, Jeff? <laughs> good morning. Hey, folks, good to see you here. Uh, let's do the little warm-ups while we get things going, as we always do. You guys know the drill, but if you don't already know, Jason Witten's my name. Most of you know that, though. Uh, if you're new and you don't, welcome. Good to see you. Thanks for joining. Fabulous to have you here. Um, let us know in the chat where, you, where you're coming in from. What's the go? How are you traveling when it comes to? Oh, <laughs> yeah, Julie F. Fletcher. Hey, Jules. Good to see you, mate. <laughs> uh, I should have known that. I should have known that. I was thinking like, I was thinking of John F. Kennedy or something like that anyway. Not sharp enough this morning, Jules. Haven't had enough coffee. Great to see you here. That's awesome. Um, and uh, welcome along. Good, uh, good to have uh, a bunch of you on. A few people from Brizzy. There you go. It's all happening today. I did hear a um, uh, shout out to or sending good uh, vibes and energy to those in Queenstown. They had a bit of a um, bit of a landslide over in uh, New Zealand. Hopefully everyone's well and uh, thinking about them. All right, let's get into it. What are we doing today? Hey, I thought we might have a bit of a chat um, when it comes to the idea, you know, overall theory, comp concept conversation of investing today um, and uh, nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts of things when it comes to understanding uh, the mechanism of, let's say, our, you know, um, the game we're playing. What, what game are we playing? What pulls the levers? What creates the momentum? Um, you know, how do we win when it comes to this property investing stuff? Uh, you know, what are the things that we can do to make it go faster? What are the things that we need to do to make sure we, you know, be more efficient, et cetera, et cetera. So wanted to do maybe a bit of a high level look at things today uh, and um, show you a little model, a little process, um, you know, that I call the four quadrants of property investing. And, uh, you know, it could probably apply to other things as well. But, well, as a property investor, we want to be able to do a few things uh, when it comes to investing. and. Uh, uh, doing things fast, efficient, and uh, making sure we get momentum is certainly something uh, we need to be able to achieve. So let's go and have a little look at what I'm talking about today um, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, share a little bit of this idea, a little bit of this wisdom. The idea that, uh, you know, there's four parts to the world of um, us becoming, you know, us buying enough properties as we go right so what do you think what do you think the four parts are and i'm you know, i'm trying to sort of not give it away but chuck it in the chat what are the four bits uh and it's more practical uh not you know emotional or mental at this point in time but that does play a part sometimes 
what are the four machinations, the four mechanical parts of investing that we need to manage and maintain? What has to happen? What do we need to do? Anyone have a guess? Chuck it in the chat if you think you know what it is, and I'll put it in here. Right, number one, have finances. Yes, so some of it is. Number one, income. Right, income, folks. Uh, unless you've got cash stashed under your pillow, some people do. Uh, maybe it's stashed somewhere else. Unless you've got cash, flash, you need an income and a pretty good income, to be honest, Uh and you want that income to go up over time, right? Go up over time. Uh, and uh, we need to be able to borrow. That's debt, okay? Finances. We need to manage our debts, income and debt, uh, to then purchase some assets, which do some things over time, go up in value, um, you know, give us uh, some income from rent, get us, get us some tax deductions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and what's the the missing piece here? What do we need to manage? We've got some income, we borrowed, we got some debt, we purchased some assets, and uh, you know there's a piece of this puzzle that we need to make sure we manage. Uh, and uh, it's a pain in the backside, but uh, everyone has this exposure in their world of wealth, um, and that is the taxes. All right. So this is how it works, folks. Uh, you manage your income. Uh, you buy some assets, we manage the taxes, we manage the debt, that feeds back to our income, and we can buy some more assets, get some more tax deductions, feedback, et cetera, et cetera. This is the cycle we manage and play. So let's dive into the detail of that. Um, and I've got a little model here I'm going to show you guys. So what is it? What, what do we look like here? What does it look like when it comes to our income? All right, the income game, you know, do you have a, a regular job, P-A-Y-G, P-A-Y-G? Now, P-A-Y-G is uh, if you've been to the bank, if you've been to the bank and you're trying to borrow money, um, well, they'll ask you how do you earn your income and uh, you'll say, I've got a job, and they'll say, give me your pay slips. And you know what? Nine times out of ten, that's the easiest way to borrow money. Who on the call uh, is not PAYG? I see one or two business owners uh, on the call today, right? So PAYG, usually the easiest way to borrow money, usually the easiest way, folks. Um, however, um, the challenge sometimes with PAYG is that uh, it uh, it might be a slower way of, of creating money, let's say, because if you're in business or self-employed, couple self-employed here, um, you know, if you're in business uh, or you're self-employed, you know, sometimes in the world of increasing your income, uh, that seems to be easier. Now, you know, depend on, you know, depend on your skills. Morning, Alison. Depending on your job, depending on your career, you know. So in sort of in ease, you know, like PAYG, you know, everyone kind of understands it when it comes to income, you know, self-employed or, or business owner, you know, um, a little bit different. And then um, at some point, some of us, hopefully all of us, will be producing our income from investments. You would be income created from investments, all right? Now, this creates issues and problems <laughs> over time uh, and opportunities, by the way, if we're growing our portfolio. So your income, what's the 
What's the number one thing here, folks? The number one thing that can accelerate your wealth in the early days is to do what? Tell me, tell me. For you, most of us, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know, Alison. One day you'll uh, you'll you'll spread your wings, I'm sure, and you'll do something pretty cool like that. I reckon. I reckon there's something in the future for you. And um, from what I know, uh, if you set your mind to something. You'll knock it out of the park. Anyway, so for us as investors, the number one thing you can do to accelerate your wealth, accelerate your investing is to, is increase your income. Folks, increase your income. It is the one thing, it's the one thing that you, you know, sometimes you've got a little bit of control over it, influence, sometimes you've got a lot of control. You increase your income. And then that equals the ability to borrow and buy more assets. Now, we've got to get the deposit and that sort of jazz, but more income equals more wealth. The sooner you get earning more income, the better off you're going to be, folks. So number one goal here in the in the world of income is increase it. Increase it um, as fast uh, as possible, right, and uh, keep it going. What do you do? You transform those dollars into assets, folks. The dollars transform into assets. Increase your income, borrow money. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, I've heard a fair bit of talk about being, you know, um, afraid of debt, right? So good debt is excellent. Good debt that creates an income, uh, creates tax deductions, grows in value when you buy an asset, you know, and uh, eventually an asset that pays its debt off as well. You, you know, that's good too. Um, so you buy an asset, right? So those assets, what are those assets? Well, you know, this is another thing here. You know, the, the four types of assets very simply that I reckon you can invest in is number one, you. The, the, the more you can uh, learn uh, and earn, learn and earn, you can grow assets, grow wealth, right? The second one, I think the easiest one to transform your income uh, in the world of investing as property. And, and that's, listen, in New Zealand and Australia, um, it's the easiest one. It's the one the, the financial system is built around. You can certainly buy shares. Um, it's not my specialty. So, you know, um, however, easy one, turn your earnings into an asset, buy some property. Um, you know, if you bought some shares, you could create a business. Uh, I'm a big fan of all of them, right? So you increase your income, you increase the asset base, okay, assets. I like the idea of using leverage uh, at this point in time, certainly in the beginning. You know, uh, if you use lending and leverage, it's the magic of other people's money. You can borrow from the bank um, and get, I don't know, 6%. You can borrow uh, money, depending on your income, you can borrow money at 6% and let's say you went and made 10% with it. Great. Nothing wrong with that. You know, that's the idea as you go. Um, uh, yeah, Awesome, Alison. I'm excited for you, buddy, um, as we go, right? So we create income, we buy assets, and we need to manage, folks, we need to manage our taxes. We need to manage our taxes. These cheeky taxes, I tell you, taxes down here, Um. Uh, these taxes and uh, morning Fritz. Good to see you, mate. 
we need to manage our taxes, ladies and gents, like income tax. You know, you're, if you earn more, you could be paying or on a tax rate, folks, up to 47%. You know, how, how does that work? How does that work? Holy gee. Like, hey, check this one out. If you earn, like, like I'm just going to, I'll blow your socks off for a second. Um, if you earn $180,000, let's say, and just let's say you start work at 25 uh, and you earn $180,000 just straight, folks. Let, let's just go straight. Now, this is just, you know, let's say you earned $180,000 from age 25 to 65 just straight for 40 years. How much PAYG tax would you pay? Put that in the chat for me. Tell me, folks, how much would you pay? This is ludicrous. Ludicrous. Put it in the chat. Tell me, what do you reckon? How much money, how much tax would you pay over a 40-year period um, if you earned 180? Now, you can do these numbers. I've got I've got 110 there somewhere too, but 180 is mind-blowing. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know. Uh, well, let's double that Facebook user. <laughs> uh, insane. $4.2 million. Ludicrous. Ludicrous, folks. Like absolutely off the charts, bloody stupid, right? Cray, cray, cray. Anyway, there you go. So, you know, we pay millions of dollars in taxes, millions. Millions of dollars in taxes, folks, um, over 40 years. Uh, stamp duty. You know, you buy some property, you, you want to minimize your stamp duty. Can you minimize stamp duty? Yes, you can. Yes, you can, folks. There's ways, you know, who knows how to uh, pay no stamp duty. Well, you get a crack. Most first-home buyers get a crack at paying no, no stamp duty one, uh, at least once. You know, how else can you minimize your stamp duty? Well, you can buy a house and land. You, you only pay stamp duty on the, on the land portion. And right now, that's not a bad strategy, to be honest. Uh, you can buy a piece of land. You can get a really nice house built. That might cost you three, four hundred, five hundred thousand to build a really nice house. And you don't pay any stamp duty on the construction of the house. This is smart, right? Capital gains tax. You know, you've got to minimize that. You know, how do you pay low to no capital gains tax? There's there's strategies, folks. You know, there's um, there's ways to pay zero capital gains tax, ladies and gents. You can pay zero. There's a few ways to do that very legally. Um, uh, no, number one, it's your principal place of residence. There's no capital gains tax. There's a couple of other moves as well where you can have low to no capital gains tax if you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Land tax, folks. Land tax is a state-based tax, uh, and it has thresholds and and ownership. So yeah, and don't sell exactly. Why would you sell? If you've got a good property, why would you sell it, right? Um, well, there is some strategic reasons to sell. Now, we've had this chat with Andy Fenton before. Um, you know, you own the properties outside of, let's say, super um, for maybe 10, 15 years, 20 years. And then if you sold those properties at the right time and your super was knocked into shape, then you could transfer them again into your super tax-free if you do it right. And... Um, then you buy another asset inside your super and then off you go. And then that becomes tax-free for the rest of its life. It's pretty smart. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be a politician, you can get two houses capital gains tax-free. How's that shit? 
That's for real, by the way, folks. <laughs> That's for real. Anyway, land tax, it's state-based, okay? It's state-based. Uh, it has a threshold. And, you know, if you purchase multiple properties in different states under the threshold, well, folks, you can pay no land tax. Who likes that idea? Do you like that idea? Would, you, would it be better if you had multiple states uh, for diversification and safety, different economies, uh, and paid zero land tax than buying, you know, five in your backyard and paying land tax? Folks, there's a strategy. There's a process, all right, as we go. Uh, and last but not least, ladies and gents, you, you need to manage the debt, right? Debt. You need to make sure that it is all Investment debt. Investment debt means this. Number one, it creates an income. Number two, it gives you a tax deduction. All right. And number three, over time, the asset grows in value. Asset grows in value. Okay. That's what the debt's meant to do. If it doesn't do all three of those things, then the debt becomes heavy and it can't handle itself. Right. Um, now, you've got to keep an eye on. Your home debt, your principal place of residence debt. It doesn't bring in an income. It doesn't give you a tax deduction for your income, but it does give you a tax deduction for capital gains tax and it goes up in value. So it's kind of like it's got a foot in both camps. So, you know, if you manage that properly, it can turn into an asset, a brilliant, a brilliant one. Consumer debt, credit cards, all that sort of shit. Eh, terrible for your ability to borrow. Credit cards. You know, those things, any debt that does that, that ha- you buy things with, it goes down in value, uh, creates a cost with no income. Folks, get off the crack cocaine of your financial woes. Credit cards are no good, right? Don't do it. Don't do it. And business debt, you know, it depends. It depends. Uh, it depends if it helps you increase your income then fine, it's tax deductible, it can, it can be fine, right? Now, there's a bunch more we could go through. There's a whole lot more in this, uh, in this model, in this strategy. We can drill into goals, strategies, structures, and tactics. We can drill into what I call the wealth identity, mind, body, heart, and soul, where it, uh, you have a look at what drives you and your decisions um, as we go, um, that, that you go. It depends on the type of positive cash flow property, Paul. And yeah, at the end of the day, most of your properties will kick into what we would call a, a positive cash flow, positive cash flow pre-tax, right? So positive cash flow before tax. Um, you know, go and do the math on that one. Uh, you get, download the calculator. That has to be significantly high. Um, uh, significantly high, significantly high income. Uh, the sweet spot, Paul, to be quite honest, is a positive cash flow property after tax, um, and and we found that being the sweet spot for most property investors uh, looking for that buy and hold over a seven to fifteen year window to buy four to five good investment properties. That's kind of the the sweet spot. But uh, sit down with your coach. Download the calculator, run some scenarios, work out the best cash flow situation for you uh, as you grow. Because often when you chase a high cash flow property, we often sacrifice some things which are, you know, capital growth often, okay, as we go along. So that's kind of usually what happens. But uh, sometimes you can get those unicorns that do a bit of both. Um, There you go. I just bought a property. 
brand new property, uh, paid uh, paid six oh nine. Uh, I furnished it, and now it's renting for eight hundred and ten a week, folks. Brand new, absolutely brilliant. Um, um, yeah, Brendan, it's. I mean, listen, you're probably seven to eight percent gross yield um, to be positive cash flow pre-tax, depending on some of the other costs, Brendan. Um, you know, and that's where you go right. You know. Rates, stamp duty, insurances, you know, um, you know, land tax, if you've got it, you know, created, you know, if you've got it owned in the wrong way, there's a few things. If you just think about, Brendan, if you just think about the interest rate, if your interest rate is 7%, mate, right, you need a full 1% above that to cover the costs. So that's 8%. And then if you want some left over, that would be 9%. Do you know what I mean? So that's kind of very rough. But listen, folks, download our calculator. It's on. It's in the Facebook group, and um, um, it's in the Facebook group, and you can you can knock that into shape. Oh, that's so fantastic! Um, yeah, listen, folks, you should be paying your home off, right? And this is the this is the thing: get rid of the debt on your home, and you could use it as a. a you could use it as security to acquire more assets. Now the whole debt is tax deductible, or you can just have your whole home paid off and you know get your investments going out there. Well done, so good, so good. Um, um that's awesome. That's an amazing achievement. Well done. Uh, that's made my day. Yeah, oh, that's great. All right, folks, that's it. I think I've gone over, but you know what I mean. There's some things we've got to get mastered as investors, uh, and uh, you know. We will keep ourselves on track. There you go. All right, folks, that's it from me. Uh, you guys know the drill. We'll, we can hang out again tomorrow if, you, uh, if you're up for it. Wealth Coffee Chats usually kick off at about 10 past 8 each day. Well, that's Queensland time. It's usually 10 past 9 somewhere else. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you've got something that's uh, worth me having a bit of a chat about, let me know in the chat, uh, in the comments. I always have a look afterwards. So join me tomorrow if you're up for it. And uh, till then, folks, remember, we've got a couple of sayings around here. You guys know the drill. Buy well, don't sell, unless it's strategic to move your asset from one place to another tax-free. Anyway, that just that doesn't sound as good, does it? <laughs> anyway, there you go. All right, folks, I'm just rambling on now. All right, that's it. Great to see you. Thanks for joining. See you tomorrow. Bye for now. 